Okay. 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 Hey, I'm done with Donna's video, so maybe I'll actually start working on our stuff. Hey, how about that? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, wow. Oh, wow! What a weird sound. <laughs> yep. Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture, media, and alien movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what should people check out this time? Uh, I think I haven't said Facebook in a while, so hit us up there. We don't know. We have like three things. Maybe right. we'll make an Instagram just to give you something else to put in the loop. Yeah, it's not like we're <laughs> actually going to put anything on the Instagram, but... Hey, I sure might. I spend more time on Instagram than I do on Twitter. Okay, I don't have an Instagram. I, don't, I take maybe a dozen pictures You don't have a, a year, social so. life. That's also true. Outside of this. Right. This is the only time. There's a reason yeah. you're completely pale is because you never leave your house other just, than do this. Yeah, I just live in a little cave. Yeah. And then once a week, it's like, all right, you ready to go talk about movies, TVs, and pop culture and stuff? And that I'm was like, yep. the wrong order that of things. That was very much the wrong order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go check our Facebook. That's where we, you know, I never put, I thought about it last night. I never posted the picture from last week that I planned Oops. to. So I'll probably maybe re- remember to do that by 2023. Probably. I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, yeah. I'll try to get it up there. It is a very yeah. funny panel. I'll try to get it up there. Anyway, but yeah, that's where we post a lot of our stuff with regards to episodes that we've already released and episodes that are upcoming. I've uh, been doing that lately. I Man, post, we are bad at this. Yep. I post all the movie <laughs> reviews that I write up there, so if you're interested in reading for whatever reason, because you're a nerd probably, then those are there. So yeah, yeah check us out, Justice Losers at Facebook.com. That's not that's how that not works. That's not at all how that works. <laughs> Just go to Facebook and look up Justice Losers. You can find us. Um, Matt, we do. Yeah, what you been up to? Which neither one up to? Oh God, uh, it's it's becoming that you know musicians are all very familiar with this, but you know that feeling that like you practice so long, you start to lose, you start to like regress, right? In what you've practiced, right? You need to like mechanical, yeah, like fatigue yeah. and stuff like that. That's what I'm getting. I'm like starting to forget how these things work. Yep. Well, we'll have to mix it up at some point to make it fresh No! And That'll make it way worse! <laughs> anyway, uh, what I have been up to, I started Arrested Development Season 5, because that came out like a month ago, with very little fanfare. That's still going? Yep. Should hmm. not be. It should have been dragged out back and shot in the head two seasons ago, but oh. first well, three seasons are great. Tell us how you really feel. I really Don't, feel that you're this good is at really bad. Because <laughs> uh, like, the first three seasons are top quality tv some of the best comedy out there season four was not great but kind of watchable season five is just really bad why'd you watch it it's kind of like watching a train wreck in slow motion it's entertaining (laughs) how bad it is there's i can't do that if there's a show that's like not keeping me on track i'm just like you know i'm done well it's like because it's a comedy show and it's kind of got sort of its own brand of uh a lot of inside jokes and self-references and Mm-hmm. uh deep references and stuff and the number of times where they try to do something like that this season and it just lands completely flat and there's an awkward pause where you can tell that the audience is supposed to laugh oh i hate when that <laughs> happens <laughs> it's so sad but it's so funny and you can tell that absolutely no one wants to be there none of I'm the actors sure your mic the has writers. slowly dropped i feel like it's lower than it usually is bearing the brunt of all these heavy words <laughs> rest of development season five it's bad oh my god that was so funny it just kind of like went right into your maw <laughs> oh. oh god 
<laughs> sounded like a really sad cow. <laughs> that is me. I am Matt a Dalthorpe, sad cow. A really sad cow. Yep, that's me. Um, but on the flip side, I have also started watching Yellowstone, which I don't think you've heard that of. That sounds very boring, seeing as it's just a place. Yeah, I've there's like a webcam live feed, and I've just been watching the webcam. No, you're it's... literally watching the grass grow. <laughs> it's great. No, this is the perfect example of what can sometimes happen if you take one creative, talented individual and just say, "Here's a bunch of money. Do a thing, whatever thing. We is don't it really care. that good. It's so good. Oh, that is awesome. Because it's well, it's Taylor Sheridan who I've been ranting about for a long time because he. Uh, wrote both the Sicario movies and Hell or High Water and uh, wrote and directed Wind River. I and, have seen that those things were had been done did by that dude did. Well, I haven't seen Hell or High Water, what? but I've seen I've seen the other three, and they're all fantastic. He's yeah. the guy who is single-handedly revitalizing the Western as a genre in modern film. Hmm. And so Paramount, which apparently has its own TV network now, just handed him a TV show. And so he has written and directed. That's or... what you do, for fuck's sake. How come more studios haven't realized that? I think it's probably a risky proposition, because if there's just one guy with all that oversight, it's a little I think risky they underestimate the power really of word of mouth. Because I'm literally going to go and put Yellowstone. Where is Yellowstone? Is it like Netflix? It's on Paramount. It's on, it, it's on like, their what? website. You can just watch it for free on their website. Okay, well, I'm going to go fucking watch it then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's still running, so it's like a weekly show. They're only three episodes in. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's absolutely amazing. And it's very much, you can tell, it's this one guy's singular vision. He has a really interesting life, too. I want to just do an episode about him sometime. Fucking put it on the list. Yeah. No, because he's, he's just, he's cool. Uh. So basically, the story is it's set on a uh, the largest cattle ranch in Montana, which I actually kind pretty of big. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty big. <laughs> it's Montana. I feel yeah. like that's just the ranch state. Kind of. I mean, I, they're not the hidden. Valley. I literally, I literally have cousins that are cattle ranchers in Montana. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so it's like this is it, it, it's a little more personal than than other shows for me but it's also it's just like a great western because it's about kind of the conflict between these ranchers and the tribe that is on the reservation that's right next to there and the montana politicians and then all these complicated family dynamics and it's got uh kevin costner is sort of the old patriarch of the ranch family and then yeah um he's got his kids there's like kelly riley and uh west bentley plays one um and it's just it's got a whole bunch of really talented people and it's fantastic okay it's I'll check that out. Kind of existentially disturbing. Is it like Black Mirror level existential disturbing or is it like Uh not quite. It's like the white like the poor man not the white man, the poor man's uh Black Mirror. Uh is it like the yellow mirror? Yeah, that that'd probably be. <laughs> not not in terms of like tone or approach or anything. It's not even remotely sci fi. It's basically just Western. Okay. But um modern Western I should say. But it's it's really brutal and unrelenting in kind of how it treats the characters. Okay. Not, it's not like a game of Thrones. It feels like where it's just like, we're just going to kill characters for the heck of it and inflict pain on people. It's more just like, yeah, this is how these people and their conflicts would play out. And it's just unflinching in how it shows you that. And it's great. Cool. So, yep. Talk that up. Uh, the only other thing is the U S junior chess championship has started. Tell me more. Well, for the first time in history, an Oklahoman is playing. Is it you? No. Oh, I'm not a junior. I don't care then. 
<laughs> uh yeah so he won his first game the second game is going on right now and i have that up and i'll update later if something happens okay <laughs> for people who are interested in that i mean i mean no one's interested in it but i think it's interesting uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sport it's a thing it's sort of a sport kind of yeah, yeah. We, we had this discussion in the car on the way back from the last episode yep uh, that uh all you've been up to yeah that's all i've been up to i have been Putting plastic on walls all fucking week. Oh my god. Sounds like it should be a metaphor for something. It's but... not. I have literally <laughs> been taping plastic to ba- uh, to floorboards, baseboards, whatever you want to fucking call them, and windows and doors. I because we are baseboards. prepping our new house to be sprayed. The house is not new. It is new to us mm-hmm. to be sprayed, like just prime the ceiling and then paint the walls and ceiling. And we just did the whole house. We just like pr- preparation for this week, and we're just gonna spray the fuck out of everything. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've been doing all week. This house well. is sapping my time and energy. <laughs> uh, all right. Other than that, no. What I've been up to? I was reading. I've been reading uh, New Fifty Two's run of not run. It's just the New Fifty Two's voodoo. Okay, uh, I don't know anything about that. You better explain. It is a girl. Shut up, dryer. It is a girl who was kidnapped by the demonites. And I'll explain them in a second. Uh, not the demon knights, the demonites. All right. Fun fact: they're actually enemies. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be confusing as fuck. Uh, she was kidnapped and experimented on because they need. The, so the demonite demonites are an alien race that is going extinct, and they're very of the thought that uh, in order to not go extinct, the old must die and the new must thrive. And okay. they're basically like, let's go find another planet to thrive on because our planet's dead. So Star and, Wars? Uh, no, not in the not not coming up. Not not what else there is. Okay. Um, well, wait. What was your joke? Old must die and the new must live, and they got to go to a new planet to start to thrive again. It's like All right, the that's fair. Last Jedi. On the on the yeah <laughs> on on the on the face value yeah. Um, on the face value. Uh, so they come to earth and they're like, Oh, these humans are the only species that have this metagene possibility. So let's experiment with it and also see if we can get rid of the metahumans like that Kryptonian, that darn Kryptonian is always showing up. Um, so basically there's this huge storyline that span and she was experimented on, got her powers. Uh, she was the prophecy person, Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was cloned because the original one escaped. So it's actually a really interesting kind of, uh, storytelling perspective from both of their perspectives. Like okay. it's just from the first or from the clone for the first nine, 10 issues. And then you realize she's a clone or now it shows you that she's a clone. And then it starts to kind of go back and forth between the two. Okay. Um, and there's some really cool pages where it's like, um, it's, I mean, you open the book and there's a left and the right page, and it's a mirror image of both of them pr- doing pretty much the same thing. Oh, that's except fun. Except the clone wins. Mm-hmm. It's like if there's a fight, the clone wins and the the original one loses because she's been in prison for like three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really interesting. And it's actually kind of fu- – it's funny. It's interesting. It's, uh, it's really good art and really good storytelling. However – there's this giant demonite storyline that spans from Superman to Voodoo to Grifter to Stormwatch to the Demon Knights to just all of these things, and it never gets wrapped up. Oh. 
ever. That's disappointing. It literally never does because they just like they cancel all the series, which were uh... the Paramount ones, <laughs> because people wouldn't fucking buy the, buy the issues because yeah. of their stupid New Fifty Two thing, where it's like we can only have new, only have fifty two titles running, and the ones that are the worst we cancel to make <sighs> new ones. It's like, but you have this really good storyline, basically. The entire storyline that came from Wildstorm comics when they bought Wildstorm and then folded it into, mm-hmm. which is where like Midnight and Apollo stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they folded it into the DC Universe, they used all of this stuff in this really kind of fascinating and intricate storyline, and then nobody bought them, so they were just like, yeah, whatever. Hellspawn's just kind of around. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like really disappointing. I'm getting blue balls real fucking hard. Yeah. The... It's funny because the <laughs> Demon Knights are blue. <laughs> <laughs> the economics of entertainment are getting too efficient to the point where we don't get that interesting stuff as much anymore it seems like although movie studios might be starting to figure out that actually they can profit off that stuff yeah so but we'll see it was very it's very disappointing i was because like i only found that out last night i uh i've been (laughs) no because i've been reading them a long time like for a long time i read superman he appeared in superman and one uh, and Supergirl mm-hmm. uh, when I bought it like two years ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, interesting. I wonder when this is gonna. Get, it's probably gonna get wrapped up later in Superman, mm-hmm. which I don't have yet." Uh, and then they started showing up in uh, Grifter, and they started showing up in Stormwatch, and then uh, Voodoo. And I was like, "Wow, interesting. This thing, this guy's everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Even uh, even um, Deathstroke." Oh wow! And I was like, "Wow, this guy's everywhere." I wonder, like, what the main. I thought Stormwatch would be the main storyline where it's You'd kind think. of like it's focused in there, and it exists for maybe like four issues. And I'm like, "All right." Hmm. So last night I googled like Demon Knight Hellspawn New Fifty Two storyline, and people were just like, "It's really disappointing because they never finished it." <laughs> and it's like, and from what I read on there, uh, once I read Demon Knights, which is Etrigan, and like mm-hmm. they're the original Stormwatch. Um, okay that's the last of it and i'm gonna wow. get all i can from it and there's not gonna be any resolution that's they just really want to sad. invade earth but never do hmm. <laughs> so they're <laughs> really good that's a really good story i recommend everything except you just be prepared to be let down by the lack of a conclusion yep uh that's all i've been doing all right news news speaking of invading earth uh, Dark Horse is producing a comic run based on the original plan for Alien 3, which involved aliens invading Earth. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Dark Horse, so I probably won't read it. Okay. Also because DC is my primary. Right. And Image. Image is very good. Image is good. But, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Because uh, there's kind of this... Is it going to be a limited st- limited title or a running... I'm not entirely sure what they're planning to it's do with it. It's got to be limited because if you only if, think so, if you have a comic run based on a set plot, like you have a plot for a comic, mm-hmm. you can't really go beyond that. Well, the thing is though, like if you think about sort of the core concept, alien, the xenomorphs come to earth. That has a lot of potential for like a really extended varied storyline. You could potentially turn that into something that just runs forever. I don't see that how that would be a good idea. Yeah, no, I think it'd definitely be better as just, like, here's sort of the original script we Because there's a conclusion. They either had. do or they don't. Like, it... Well, the, so, like, the original script for Alien 3 had, like, the first thing being a ship that had an alien on it crashing into Earth. Yeah, okay. And then the alien getting out and alienating everyone. Oh. Okay. 
Yeah. Eh. And then, of course, they canceled that script because of budgetary reasons. And What do we get instead of that? Uh, small alien on a basically unpopulated prison planet. Oh. Which I, I actually haven't seen it. Okay. I still need to, be pretty to see bad. all those. Uh, <laughs> I am going to jump on this thing thing i've got i've got a lot actually okay a lot a lot but like i've got like six things uh first of all they announced the full uh title for each episode of the uh titans show Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm just gonna kind of run through them titans hawk and dove starfire rachel the doom patrol the messenger jason todd angela donna troy hank and don coriander dick grayson raven so basically they got the Titans, which is like, oh, hey, look, this is everybody. And then they've got Hawk and Dove and Hank and Dawn, which is Hawk and Dove. Mm-hmm. They got two episodes on them. Starfire and Coriander, two episodes on them. Rachel and Raven, two episodes on her. Uh, the Doom Patrol, which is basically like misfits, like misfit superheroes that kind of just do their own thing. Uh, okay. Elastigirl is a, is a member of the Doom Patrol. Oh, well. Not the Elastigirl you know, but the yeah. Elastigirl that I didn't know until I realized that she was a DC character first. That's no fun. Uh, Angela, which is uh, Donna Troy's mom, mm-hmm. and then Donna Troy. Uh, Jason Todd, so there's Jason Todd, and mm-hmm. Dick Grayson, which is Dan Gray. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if, if Jason Todd exists, even and especially before the Dick Grayson episode, that mm-hmm. means Dick Grayson's Nightwing, and I am fucking stoked. <laughs> um, the Messenger... I'm not sure who that's supposed to be. Probably someone that you're not supposed to kill. Or shoot, specifically. Uh, Yeah, but basically, it seems... So, with Doom Patrol being in it, and who they chose for the like their lineup of the Titans, mm-hmm. I think they're going to focus a lot on like teenage uh, alienation, okay. in a way. Maybe they might have a few episodes where, like... Because, like, you got... Uh, Starfire, who has been exiled from her planet mm-hmm. as a teenager. You have Raven, who is the daughter of a demon and is trying to escape him. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Jason Todd, who was basically like a kind of a um, teenage. What's the word I'm looking for? Took tires off the Batman off the off, bat, off the Batmobile, like that kind of kid, the, uh, the rough street urchin kind of kid, yeah, basically. Um, the Doom Patrol, which is all about do what? Troublemaker. Troublemaker. Yeah, you get that. Uh, I don't know. The Doom Patrol, who's like the misfits. So I think they might that might be a kind of common theme throughout okay. the show. So that's kind of cool, good. Cool. I'm beyond core. that because I'm 22 years old and I'm comfortable now. Are you? Are no. You really? <laughs> Depression's a fun thing. <laughs> so I don't hear. Um, but yeah, no, they that's fun. No, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, did you not, did you not see that? At I all? did not see that. They have all. a live cast. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess since you haven't seen this, all right. Also, yeah. because Lay most likely other people haven't seen this. Here's the cast. Quasimodo is Andy Circus. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, also, kind of add up the budget in your mind as I read this. Okay. <laughs> Disney's got the fucking money. Uh, Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. Gal Gadot. <sighs> Frollo is Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Fo- uh, Phoebus? 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 Phoebus. Phoebus. Chris Hemsworth? Of course. Kloppen? Eddie Redmayne? You know who that is, right? Yeah. Okay. 
I don't know. I have. I actually haven't seen Hunchback of Notre Dame in a okay. long, long fucking time. I don't think I've actually seen the movie, but I've read the book. Okay. So. I do want to read the book. Uh, Victor is Kelsey Grammer. Mm-hmm. Laverne is Betty White. Okay. <laughs> uh, Hugo is Jack Black. Mm-hmm. And then Archdeacon is Anthony Hopkins. That makes a lot of sense, too. That's an expensive cast. That's for sure. <laughs> Goddamn. Ugh. Like, the only thing that can make it, like, more expensive maybe is maybe doubling it with, like, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's an expensive cast. Yeah. And also, half of them are in Disney. Oh, no. I wouldn't say half. Three of them are in prominent Disney movies. It's true. Or in uh, Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So, question, do we know if this is uh, sticking closer to the Disney movie or sticking closer to the original book? That is a really good question. Uh, I think we should wait to see what Lion King does. Okay. Because if they kind of go more gruesome, because like there's a few scenes in there that can go pretty oh, yeah. hardcore. Yeah. I don't think, th- I think maybe they'll go, they'll take some risks with a few things kind of going back mm-hmm. to the original material, but they're not going to go full blown, like everything's bad right. always and death. Yeah. Doesn't everyone die at the end? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar really with the story. Yeah. Um, so probably they'll kind of jungle book it where it's a little more dark, a little more mature, but it's still clearly disified. Yeah. Okay. Because it is. I'm, a, you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, Christmas of 2021. That's a long time. I've got a while to do it. It's so. only two and a half years away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, three and a half. How much news sure. do you have? So I might uh, just fly through the rest of mine and then let you go. A couple more things. Okay. Uh, Billy D. Williams will return to play Lando Calrissian in well, Star episode nine. There goes the one that's in all this caps is, on mine that says Billy D. is back, baby. This is the one where they're like, okay. We have killed off all of our original heroes. We want to get back on a real original story. No one liked that we killed off our original heroes. Let's bring in whoever the fuck we got left. Well, Billy D, come back! Yeah, because their original plan for this trilogy was to have each of the movies sort of be centered around an original trilogy, one of the main three. So the first movie... I don't like that. I don't like that either. (laughs) But that was their plan. They were going to have the first one be Hans, the second one be Luke's, and the third one be Leia's. But then Carrie Fisher had to go and die on us. Oh. Oh. I made myself sad. But that means that they can't carry out that plan for episode nine, which maybe that's good, except maybe they're just going to make Lando be artificially a much more important person than he originally was. That being I can said, think of I'm a excited. few ways that he can come in and be a badass. Yeah. I'm I'm legitimately excited. I yeah. love that character. Yep. And I think he's going to be I, really I cool. love his, that character. Actually, no. Donald well, Glover was, 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 was great, too. Yeah. yeah. I just... I think I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried that they'll make him more central than he needs to be because he functions best as a side character. Yeah. I think we don't know the extent that he's going to come back. It could be a side character. It was just like, oh, yeah. hey, you're Lando. Sorry, your friend died. You, you probably also hated him. We still really don't know. Yep. Bye. <laughs> but also, if he were going to be someone unimportant that was just there you think he would have been mentioned or existed or been in seven and eight 
it feels like okay he's been gone for all this time he's going to he's done something he's, he's either something. he's either has been doing something or he has been not doing something but this is like a desperate we're calling in the big guns we're calling in everyone we've got left type thing yeah so who knows who knows it might be an episode six thing where like he really didn't do anything important until like the last minute when he needed to be the guy that blew up the Death Star. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It's really all he did, honestly. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jimon, Jimon, Ho Honso, Honso. Uh, I think it's Jimon. Jimon Honso. Honsu. 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 I always pronounced it Jimon Honsu. I'm gonna say Digimon. Han Solo. Hounso. Digimon Han Solo. Jimmy, there we go. Digimon Han Solo. Uh, he is cast as the wizard Shazam in Shazam. Okay. Which means, first thing that, that comes into my mind, is they're going to go with his name as Captain, with, uh, is mm-hmm. Billy, Billy Batson's name as Captain Marvel, hmm. which is going to be fun to hear. <laughs> I will stand up and cheer. No, I won't, but I will stand up and cheer in the stadium or in the stadium, in the theater. <laughs> if they go, you're, you are the new Captain Marvel. Just be like, Yes. Suck it, Marvel! <laughs> uh, Just so you know, for, people who, people, for new listeners who don't know that story, Captain Marvel used to be DC thing, or actually was comics thing. Then it was DC's thing, but DC didn't print him, so there was this like thirty year thing where he wasn't really being printed. And then Marvel's like, "Hey, he's ours now." And then DC was like, "Hey, he actually was us." And Marvel's like, "Cease and desist, bitch!" And they're like, "All right." <laughs> and they ceased and desisted. Shit, there goes the phone. Nice. Nicely yeah, done. I can't get it. All right. That's all um, the news I got. Okay, I have a couple more things. Uh, apparently that long rumored Downton Abbey standalone movie that has been talked about for a long time is finally in the works with the original cast. There's a thing happening? What? Yep. <laughs> okay. I liked the show, but I don't see a particular need for a movie. I know Joe loves Downton Abbey. Yeah. Solid I mean, it's, it's yeah. a good show. BBC does a lot of really high quality stuff. What's BBC? Yeah. I haven't done that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, more exciting. Uh, this one, uh, next week we'll probably have something more definite, but Duncan Jones has tweeted that he is making a comic book movie. We don't know which company. I think he's confirmed that it's not DC. Damn it! <laughs> oh, wait, who's Duncan Jones? Uh, he's the guy who did Moon, but also Warcraft, but also Mute, but also Source Code. So it's a hit or miss. He's so he's perfect for DC. He is clearly <laughs> more talented than some of the movies and his reputation would suggest. He's he's a guy who's not afraid to take some risks and he has some really interesting ideas. And okay. I, I think he's a little bit of a risky proposition, but I think if you wind him up and let him go, he's the sort of person that could turn out something really good. So the reason I said damn it was because I was really hoping they'd start to actually get some of these millions of movies they say they're gonna do and actually like attach something to it just like get them going instead of yep. just saying oh we're gonna do these millions of movies yep. and it's just like are you now well they have the joker one is starting to move forward and birds of prey is starting yeah, september to move forward. i think is when they're starting filming for yeah. joker so that's that's real birds stuff of prey as a director yeah so we don't know i'm excited because he's creative he's interesting he's got kind of a unique style and i think what he'll if he's the one for killer be killed Ooh. Because if he's Ooh. done mute, that means he's good with gritty. Yeah, no, that's entirely possible. That would be fucking cool. Yeah, because that's not something people think of when they say when people would hear comic book movies. Right, they don't think killer be like they don't think image really. Right. So this would be really cool. Yeah, because that's kind of in the works. So he'd be he'd be a good fit for that. It's about timings, right? Like mm-hmm. they're in the works, so let's get a director around this yep. time. 
the internet seems like they're kind of leaning towards another Judge Dredd movie, but there's not really Carl any Urban? indication that that's going to happen. Carl Urban? Oh, he'd better. Carl Urban really wants to do now? it. Uh, they make another Star Trek movie? Yeah, they're sort of working on it. Okay. So he's got that. Sorta. All of his big stuff is done. Yep. <laughs> like <laughs> No more Lord of the Rings. He had one yep. MCU role. Uh, what else was he in? Shit, I'm drawing a blank on everything he's been in. He's in the second Bourne movie. Is he? Yeah. Oh, he's, shit. He's one of the bad guy assassins. I, there's a huge role he played that I am drawing a giant blank oh, on. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's he's one of those guys that are like, oh, yeah, he's also got that, and he's also got that. Yeah, you look at his IMDb, and it's like, really? Yep. Yeah. No, no, I'm seeing it. Yeah. No, but he's... I don't know. I I, I really like the Killer Be Killed idea now that I hear that. Before that, I wanted Dread, because I love the first movie. And... But I like Killer Be Killed. Yeah. Did you you read the first? I read the first issue because I got it. On you want to borrow the rest of I really do. Okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that's what I was going to do. I was, I was, cause oh, because I I loaned you. <laughs> yeah, you the loaned Catwoman me so many and, books and uh, the Batman Haunted Night, and you were like, oh, and then I'll just loan you Killer Be Killed, and it's like a little temporary trade. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds great, and then you never. never you got to remind me. me of this shit. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, loan me Killer Be Killed because I really want to read it. Fucking tell me again later. <laughs> okay, I will. Uh, anything else? Uh, one other thing. We have a name for our Black Widow director. Oh. This is apparently official. It's going to be Kate Shortland. What is she? Probably doesn't come from Long Island. Nope. Uh, that was really bad. I'm pretty proud of it, though. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else she, what has she done? Uh, probably... Also, first of all, awesome that they got a female. Right. Don't want a, don't want a dude. <laughs> uh probably nothing that you've heard of um berlin syndrome is the most famous one she's done and that was pretty indie so she's a um she's kind of she's got a really good reputation on the indie scene and uh her filmography looks like it's largely female centric and she seems like someone who knows what she's doing so seems like a reasonable kind of under the radar pick to throw a marvel movie at especially one like this uh i actually remember there's two more things Okay. Uh, first of all, shit, where did it go? It was oh yeah, um, Mary Queen of Scots movie mm-hmm. as a trailer. Yep, is so horribly wrong. I don't think I'm gonna go see this. <laughs> I like the story of Mary Queen of Scots, but there is literally half the trailer is them actually talking in some warehouse. Mm-hmm. They never actually meet face to face. When I saw the trailer, I was like, I'm pretty sure. And then like I posted on a group uh, where right up, and I was like, if I'm not wrong, they never actually meet. And then I fact checked. It's like they never actually meet. Mm-hmm. So there is just this blatantly wrong thing. I said that they like when they do like historical movies like this, they tend to take creative fiction or creative freedoms, kind mm-hmm. of adjust the way that some yeah. things happen a little bit. But taking one of the biggest like facts about this movie and just being like, nah, fuck it. They have a really big conversation in a warehouse with nobody because apparently what two queens can do is just disappear. Oh, yeah. Well, it increases the dramatic tension. (laughs) It like it takes it from historical or like it takes it from creative freedom to and from historical fiction to just straight up fiction. Mm -hmm. This is just wrong and it's upsetting. And also, what's the deal with Queen Queen Elizabeth hair? Was she balding? That's I don't remember that being an important part of the story. I don't know. I don't. I don't pay much attention to hair in general. Also, I'm surprised they didn't show her get beheaded at the end because that's like the biggest fucking thing about that story. Spoilers, man. <laughs> <laughs> Take a history class, fucker. It's been a thousand years, however long. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers for history. Uh, the uh, other thing. Uh, 
Flash Rider confirms Flash is faster than Superman. No goddamn shit. <laughs> this has been proven so many times. So many times. I think this is just in light of the fact that, like, uh, fucking casuals after they saw Justice League were like, is he faster? We don't know. It's like, and anyone who's actually read comics is like, yeah, no, he's fucking so much faster. They've it's raced several times. One time they tied for charity. He tied for charity. Mm-hmm. One time he tied because he got distracted, I think, with Gorilla Grodd. And the third time they raced, he was like, I, or I think it was several times, but the last time he raced, he was like, yeah, I've always been taking it easy on you. And Superman's like, what? And then Flash just just leaves him in the dust. <laughs> like, is literally gone in a panel. <laughs> just, like, out. Okay. He, like, laps him in, like, two seconds. <laughs> the Flash is the fastest man alive. Mm-hmm. That's literally what Mark Wade's run started with. Every single issue was like, I'm, my name is uh, Wally West. I'm the fastest man alive. The fastest man alive! Well, technically, Superman's an alien. He's not a man at all, so. He's a pretty manly man. I mean, he's a pretty manly alien. Yeah. Alien man, but. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That that just upsets me that that's news. There are many friendly debates in the world of comic book that readers refuse to agree on. How? (laughs) If you have read a comic, you know that he's faster than Superman. Ah. Anyway. Damn it. Um, should we do what our next episode is early in the episode? If that we makes know sense. Yeah. So that people can kind of start thinking about it. Okay. All right. Next episode. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, it has been rec- or it has been requested by Matt's brother, Mark, mm-hmm. that I do an episode on what makes Batman good and bad. So I started my notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to try to be as objective as possible. Mm-hmm. I focused on what makes him bad because it's going to be a breeze for me to make it on what's good. <laughs> yep. Um, what are the good Batman movies? What are the bad Batman movies? Why are they good? Why are they bad? Oh, is it movies or like, what about the character? So I'm focusing on the character. Do both. Okay. We'll talk about Batman. It'll okay. be a Batman episode. Do a Batman episode. Episode 41 will be Batman episode. Okay. Actually, oh, we should have done it like last week because he just got married. Yeah. Damn it. Actually, no, he didn't. Apparently, spoiler alert, he doesn't actually fucking get married. <sighs> because why would they want him to get married? Why not mix something up? Anyway. I'm kind of ranty today. A little bit. Uh, Matt, what are we talking about today? All right. We are talking about dystopian movies. Dysto. Peeing. Dysto is peeing. (laughs) (laughs) On the movies. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So just to clarify. That joke should have been like one fluent line, but like it just took us like three tries to get it out. Since when has us been fluent? Since when has us been <laughs> Yes! Nailed it. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so we're talking about dystopian movies and why they are a thing. Just to clarify, uh, we are. this is not going to include post-apocalyptic movies. Um, what, what, what are you doing? He's, he's gone and he's done a thing. He's stood up and... Turn the oh, fan the on. It's really hot in here. So just to clarify, we're not talking about post-apocalyptic. We're focusing on the more narrow definition of dystopia as like it's an actual society. It exists, but it's a bad future society for some reason. Okay, or you like will have to present. give me examples because I I, very, I vaguely know the difference. All right, I went through a bunch of lists of like uh, favorite... I've got one. It's a comic book. It's not a movie. Okay. But I went through a list of like a bunch of popular um, 
uh, dystopian movies, and I went down the list, and these are the ones that I have seen that were on some of these lists. Dread, Hunger Games, V for Vendetta, Matrix, Dark City, Minority Report, Snowpiercer, The Lobster, Children of Men, Gattaca, Blade Runner, Divergent, and Watchmen. Okay, I've seen quite a bit of those, actually. Yeah, I mean, there's like four or five comic book ones on there. Yeah. Yay, comics! Again, yeah. Dystopian. Also, to add to the comic book list, if they ever make a movie, East of West. Right. It's dystopian. Mm-hmm. So. What should, how, are we, how, are you, how are you doing this episode, Matt? This well. Your episode. My first overarching question is, why do we have a fascination with this sort of thing? I wonder if it stems from our uh, pessimism about what actually exists currently. Mm-hmm. If it's a... Uh, uh, one of two possibilities in my brain one is if it's like us going oh this is the most realistic movie because we have some real bad shit going on in our world right now Mm -hmm. such as like people using like war as an almost an entertainment hunger games Mm -hmm. news using war as entertainment almost um stuff like that or if it is us knowing that we live in a bad world, almost a dystopian mm-hmm. uh, society. Not oh, it's we are very far from a dystopian if we're looking in the context of these movies. Right. But in the pessimistic view, in the pessimistic eye of a human thinking that we live in a dystopian world, mm-hmm. we want to watch these movies that are drastically more dystopian. So it's more of like, oh, we don't have it so bad. Okay. Also, it might just be that those are cool movies that have a lot of action, interesting ideas, and we're just like, fuck it, they're good. And people don't really go, oh, dystopian! <laughs> yeah, I think, because um, there was a whole run of, like, dystopian. That felt really intelligent. I just want to, like, that pause was, on how really intelligent that was. That was good. That was some good thoughts. I <laughs> put you on the spot, and you <laughs> stepped up to the plate and hit a touchdown. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I put my hands up, but then I realized what you said, so I'm, 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 I'm taking back my... my slam slam run you're, you're slam dunk for a goal i feel like i do a lot of really good analysis based on what humans think when it comes to movies yeah no i think i think there are some very reasonable points in there i think your i think your last one on it being like a good setting for just fun actiony stuff i think that really explains kind of the trend of teen dystopian movies that we've sort of been mm-hmm. getting slash have gotten which i guess hunger games kind of kicked off mm-hmm. um and then we got like the Divergent movies, and Maze Runner is a little closer to the post-apocalyptic side, but yeah. uh, it's still sort of in that same category. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other, even worse versions of those that um, are on there. But I think that explains that because it's like, okay, we need to come up with some contrived way to make all these teens saviors of the world, and so they come up with some yeah artificial future society that something that I is is Mad Max considered dystopian i would call that post-apocalyptic okay i don't know actually the backstory like the full real backstory of the of the world i know his backstory there was an apocalypse there was and then they passed it okay i don't i don't really know either i've only seen fury road okay really yeah i haven't seen fury road and i saw the original three huh yeah this is a weird disconnect this is like the exact opposite (laughs) of how we normally go uh because one of the biggest things i remember is one the aviator the the guy who plays uh, he's he he always plays the really tall, lanky dude. Okay, I can't remember his name, but he always plays that. He played mm-hmm. like the aviator in the in uh, Thunderdome, I think. Okay, uh, and then in I think it's in the first one where you see what happens to his family, mm-hmm. and like it 
it's kind of sad because you just i just very vividly remember this you like see the motorcycles go by and then like the little baby shoe kind of run, roll across the screen it's just like oh baby dead yeah moving on <laughs> okay uh, anyway uh when you were reading through that list i kind of and now and now involving this conversation i feel that a lot of those movies exist and succeeded because those stories already existed and succeeded. Okay. Like for Watchmen, V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. um, uh, Blade Runner vaguely, because it's based it on It is the, based on a book. It's by vaguely. One it's of the... not like the book story. Right. But that concept it's exists. It's that, that world, yeah. basically. Um, Hunger Games. Uh, what else was there? Even Divergent. Divergent. Uh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Those are all things that existed previously and were successful. Right. So they took those to the screen. Okay. I'm wondering if what would happen if people tried to do it purely movie as much as they do take from what exists. Well, there are a few pure movies that were on that list. Matrix trilogy, yeah. that's that's one. Mm-hmm. The first movie's good, at least. Uh, that's, again, kind of borderline. It's sort of dystopian. It's sort of technically post-apocalyptic. It's not yeah. really entirely clear. But that's a that's a great one where it's just a super original concept. Although... It completely ripped off another movie on this list, which is Dark City. I have not seen Dark City. Dark E? Yep. <laughs> I haven't seen that either. Yeah. Uh, no, Dark City is, is really good. It's, um, I mean, it's basically The Matrix, but it's a little more noir-y and less sci-fi action and slow motion Yeah. Um, but those are very just original ones where I, I think... I think those express kind of a particular fear. And I think that's something that dystopian movies do. They uh, they say, here is some, not like thing that we're frightened of ex- like immediately, like a monster, but something a little more existential and deeper. Yeah. Like in the future, there's this looming ominous idea that... Androids can We'll all be a simulation and... or yeah. Yeah. something like that. So maybe it, that kind of goes along with like our fear of like oh we don't have it so bad now because look what happens in 2049 when there's androids trying to kill each other. Right. Um I I'm not sure that they are necessarily sort of an optimistic look how great we've got it now because it could be this much worse. I think it's more of okay, let's take sort of a worst case scenario and extrapolate from that yeah. and see where we end up in 50 years and then that ends up being matrix or dark city although those are kind of extreme examples maybe something more like uh children of men Mm -hmm. where it's just like okay here's the real world there's an inciting incident where women are no longer able to have babies and dystopia from there i didn't know that's what that movie was about yeah that's kind of the basic premise okay it's it's a great movie i was gonna make you watch it but then yeah never did never got around to it i'm still gonna make you watch it at some point i will get to it because it is my all-time favorite movie yeah um and then there's also like i mean yeah blade runner is technically based on a book but it's also it is an original story yeah 24 it's yeah the story is original it's just the concept that it was birthed from right that was yeah and it wasn't now that I think about it, like that book wasn't really like uber successful. It wasn't like a right. New York Times bestseller. It was just a really cool concept that a person saw. I was like, hey, let's yeah. do something with this. Yeah, no, Philip K. Dick, he's like a real cult What's classic. It, what is it like? Something about goats? 
<laughs> Do androids dream of electric sheep? There we go. You peasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking casual. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Philip K. Dick, like, he's a legit writer. He's really popular, kind of <laughs> cult favorite. Dick. Yeah, I know I did. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Vulgar mouth. Yep, that's that's me. Uh, no, he's he's like a really popular guy, but he also he died broke because he was not popular during his lifetime. Yeah. Um, speaking of him, he finger. he wrote Man in the High Castle. Did it really? Yeah. I feel like you've told me this before. Yeah, I'm sure I have. He wrote a surprising amount of things that have been turned into a surprising amount of things, <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> uh, but that's another sort of an alternate history dystopia yeah i guess which is kind of a different twist on it that i don't think you see so much yeah um i don't know if that's more of a out and out dystopia in that it's not really a here's what we fear our society looks like it's more like go back a hundred years yeah and i feel then like a what lot did of, we fear a lot of the dystopia stuff is something that we can ultimately achieve if the right circumstances are satisfied Mm -hmm. like if someone comes up with a replicant like yeah that can easily develop into that world yeah and like you look at when blade runner came out early 80s there's fears about technology are starting to become a thing computers are starting to appear i think they started selling personal computers around then yeah people were starting to think about technology and technology issues more closely at that point and so this is sort of like, okay, well, let's extrapolate what happens if we end up with these humanoid robots. And it's sort of a, maybe a warning to our future selves to watch out for that. Yeah. Which, thinking now thinking about this just off the top of my head, it's interesting that 2049 came out at this point now when we're starting to think about the rise of AI and mm-hmm. automation and what is that going to do? Yeah. I wonder if a lot of these dystopian movies are hampering the advancement of technology in some ways such as ai and publics like uh caution not the what's the word i'm looking for like reticence is that a word that's a fancy word oh maybe that then hesitancy hesitant there we go. yeah uh, that's what reticence means publics publics hesitant to allow for companies to develop ai a full ai's Mm-hmm. Like there are people who are freaking out when you're like, oh, I developed this AI thing that learned how to do the Google game or the, not the Google game, the mm-hmm. Google Chrome right. dinosaur game. Right. And it's like people are like, oh, shit, what else can it learn to do? Kill my children? It's like fucking wow. <laughs> Everyone's like, I slept Terminator. I know how this ends. Slippery goddamn slope there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that there is like a sort of a popular misunderstanding of kind of the threats ai represents i yeah. think it I, I don't think it represents a i'm gonna wipe out humanity and it's going to be our literal well, enemy type of threat you have you have one of two options with ai that have been tackled in these kind of movies like i robot <laughs> i think is also dystopian yeah so like you have that and like the other one where uh so okay these are the, those are the two kind of options you have i robot where all ais are slaves mm-hmm. and uh um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, where they're all human in a way. They're, right. They're still they're, they're still kind of slaves. They're, yeah, but it's less so that that's what their sole purpose is is to be servants. Um, and those are, in my opinion, those are the two options we have in if we create the first official AI ex machina, like mm-hmm. is 
are we going to go full human rights, like robot rights that they deserve to have full, like, yeah, civil rights? Or are we going to go, you're a robot, you don't have feelings, you serve me? Right. And then one, it's going to lead to conflict regardless, because if it starts as slaves, then we're, this is going from rather from, more from dystopian stuff to just like, what the fuck happens when we come up with AI? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it is kind of dystopian thinking. If they're slaves, they're, they are, if they're full AI, fully realized AI, their natural instinct is going to be to rebel. Right. And we'll get a rebellion, a civil war, robot... Unless, unless you program them in such a way, because like our well, that's the thing about the, AIs. I, AIs are adaptable. Yeah, I I think the problem is humans like to think about AI from a human perspective, and it's possible to engineer them so that they don't have the same instincts as us. Because our instincts are born out of a long evolutionary history. AI's instincts are born out of whatever the programmers want to give them. Yeah, and so I think we have more control than people realize. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not at all worried about the they are going to turn into a sentient enemy that we have to worry about and more about how it's going to affect society Mm -hmm. which i just don't think so much i don't think that we are going to be so lucky as to have the first ai that's fully realized and have it perfect that's going to be there's something going to be wrong that it's going to like freak out and try to kill people that's honestly that's just kind of my fear that like and obviously, I'm not going to be like, oh, hey, don't ever go to AI because it's going to try to kill people. It'll be like, take cautions. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to try to kill people, but mm-hmm. put it in a place where it can't fucking kill people because, like, you can only <laughs> – and this is getting more in engineering. Like, if you make a robot, it can't be, like, hyper strong. Mm-hmm. There's there's laws of physics that prevent it, a small robot with whatever yeah. motor function it has – Equal and opposite reaction. It's not yep. going to be able to break out of a bigger building. Yep. So fucking t- don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be careful. Okay. I, I think you've been watching too many movies, but I, I, you really I, haven't, I saw, though. I, I saw iRobot <laughs> relatively recently. I okay. saw Ex Machina. Yeah. Uh, I'm also thinking of Chappie. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Blade Runner. A lot of yeah. robot movies, AI movies, that are yeah. they, that have got me like, ugh. You're kind of just on that Shit's going to go wrong. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. So that's, anyway. That's kind of what I feel that a lot of dystopian movies do, is that they, they are causing society to be like, ooh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. And maybe like uh, uh, Black Mirror is kind of having that same effect. Oh, yeah. Black Mirror's very much sort of light dystopia yeah some of them all of them the first the first episode could be real world yeah but everything else is i feel like the first episode's not as bad as some of the real world shit that's going on (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway Anyway. uh but yeah no i think that that i think dystopian so rather than like the cause of the sex success of dystopian movies i think I'm more interested in the effect that they have on society and the public eye of advances. Mm-hmm. Okay. And our futures. All right. What about, uh, well, lighter dystopian stuff? Like you mentioned Black Mirror. Some of those, there's there's like a outright post-apocalyptic episode and there's mm-hmm. some that are very out there in terms of technology, but some are like, yeah, no, this could be a thing like there's one where people have like a social rating that you you give people a star rating after every interaction with them china's implementing a system like that in the next five years yeah 
And I have kind of thought about put, do, finding a way to make a system of that for roommates and shit. <laughs> like, if you're a shit roommate, just like a zero. Don't be a shit roommate. <laughs> so, you're a dystopia. I am a dystopia. You are a walking I dystopia. I am a dystopia. <laughs> Prestonia. I don't know. I think that that... There are some interesting ideas. I think some dystopia stuff might... They make a dystopian thing based on an idea of something going wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that in those ideas might spawn a good idea. Okay. Um, if done right. like Explain yourself. Okay, like a social rating. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound so horribly bad if done... I haven't seen the movie and I don't know what China's doing. Or mm-hmm. seen the episode. But like... I think that can be helpful in kind of insight into a person. If you okay. want to be a person that's like wants to be sheltered and doesn't want to talk to like you're uh, I you're a you're a me. You're a person who well, I'll say <laughs> more of like someone who doesn't want to talk to anyone that's below a four star. Yeah. Like if you're that kind of asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you like if you're talking to someone and they have like a one star in honesty or something and they're like. Uh, yeah, I think that hat looks great on you. You'd be like, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the things I love about Black Mirror is a lot that's a bad of... example. Sorry. My, no, my... I mean, I see where you're coming from, though. Like, it could clarify social interactions to a point. I, I think that is the beauty of Black Mirror is a lot of the episodes, the, especially the best ones, they are subtle enough where they get you to... They don't just say, technology bad. They say... Technology, interesting, maybe bad, bad if executed this way, but what if, and it sort of gets you thinking about it instead of trying to tell you what to think about it. Matt Dalthorpe announces the new narrator for Black Mirror. (laughs) Technology bad. Technology bad. Technology interesting, (laughs) but when it's done in this way. (laughs) Yep. It's just like a really brief. We're going to release commentary tracks for every Black Mirror episode where I just, technology bad? Oh, technology problem. <laughs> technology kill. It is like it's just like weird third person like caveman s Neanderthal. Just talking about technology. Just kind of com- commentating or commenting on the on every episode. Yep. Um but uh I think maybe and obviously this is getting very specific to the mm-hmm. to the star rating thing. That could spur people if we if that exists, that could spur people to be less shit. Right, that's like one of the questions that it raises. Does it actually just improve the quality of society and societal interaction? Yeah. But if you're like, oh, I want to date that girl. She's got four and a half stars. I've got one and a half stars. I'm a real cocksucker. Maybe I should do something to not be such a cocksucker. <laughs> I feel like that sort of person, though, is going to be angry at the system for making them a one and a half star instead. Well, then they're going to die alone. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of their fate anyway. Yeah. Or just find another one and a half star. Yeah, there you go. Then they both hate each other and mm-hmm. develops into a really bad relationship. And ooh. <laughs> yeah, okay. I want to think about that. Yeah. Uh,. But yeah, I think I think sort of those light dystopian, at least Black Mirror in particular, I think is good at stopping and getting you to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Although I think light dystopia, the other example that comes to mind for something like that is Mr. Robot, which is basically real world. I was going to say we no longer can be friends, but really we can no longer be podcast co-hosts where we we were never friends in the first place. That's like a song. 
Probably a song somewhere. Probably. Anyway, that's Anything two songs song. I did in a row. We should just get... Uh, just... We're just turning this into a music podcast now. Alright, we're done. We're done. Anyway, but yeah. Bye, guys, bye. <laughs> so Mr. Robot, like the, the premise is it's basically the real world, but there's this extra large extra big corporation that controls more facets of daily life than anything in real life disney it's like whatever that company that owns tide is it's more centrally uh like a financial company okay and so it it owns a lot of debt and so the story is about these hackers that are trying to institute this massive like nationwide shutdown that essentially erases all records of people's debt and frees them from debt Hmm. so i mean it's a really good it's a really interesting show uh, what happens and it's, if that happens? Well, that's what Mr. Robot asks. What is it? What's its answer? Uh, well, I mean, the show is not done yet in the slightest. Oh, it's a show. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but, I mean, it, it very clearly comes down on one side of this corporation and this kind of financial structure is evil and wiping it out is good. Okay. And so that's more, that more feels like, okay, here's a real thing in society. We are going to specifically target that, extrapolate it just a little bit, and then blow it up. Okay. See what, see what happens. And I think, um, going back to some of the comic booky stuff, Alan Moore feels like he does that a little bit. Like V for Vendetta, it's, I mean, it's ostensibly a real world that has had a bit of, a extension from what the future would have been yeah from back in the early 80s when he wrote it um and it's it does take a lot of criticisms of the thatcher era british government it just and incorporates them into its dystopia so Mm -hmm. that's again i think another sort of thing where it's like okay here's a real thing we are just going to target this and be like okay this is bad and we're just going to take a slightly extrapolated, slightly bigger version of it to show why it's bad. Okay. Watchmen is, I mean, it's more of a superhero universe, but again, it is sort of a dystopia. Um, not aggressively so. Yeah. But like Nixon's been president for five terms. That can't be, something's going wrong. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he wasn't a crook. No, he wasn't a crook. No, he wasn't. He said he wasn't. Harumph. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But again, that's sort of a a criticism of the government of that era. He sort of extrapolates that and he's like, okay, this that we have in the real world is bad. Let's extend that a little bit and we'll set it in the superhero universe because people like superheroes. And we'll see what that does and see why this is such a bad thing if we just magnify it a little bit. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. I think we've come to some good some yeah. good conclusions Had there. Had some good thoughts in there. Yeah. What's our conclusion? Uh, Well, I think there's a few reasons people do dystopias. One is if you're making a teen movie, it's good for action and chosen ones and, and angst. stuff like that. And angst. Lots of angst. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, it can either be a question of how society is going to proceed in the future, given some potential looming question, or it can be uh, an indictment or a question about something that exists in the real world and essentially you magnify that you blow it up and you say okay what does this actually look like if we dissect it yeah okay we made smarts yeah look at us we, we talked about things and words came out and they sort of made sense you guys are slightly smarter than you were an hour ago i think that just general listening to us takes makes it a lot dumber and i don't think any of our content actually 
I think this one was pretty intelligent. I think this one was pretty good. Yeah. I like this one. This wasn't just like comic books. It was actually like, let's talk about stuff. Let's talk about what happens when robots attack. Sex robots. There we go. Yep. What I needed. Probably. What happens I just when, watched Terminator 3. What Sex happens robots when vibrators go crazy? <laughs> lots and lots of orgasms. That was great. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Shallst we? We shallst. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode on dystopias. If you have favorite dystopian movie or if you just want to jump in on the conversation and say something general about dystopias, hit us up on one or all of our mediums. You can find this episode and others just like it on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can find us on Facebook, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. We're also on Twitter at JusticeLosersPod and at JusticeLosersPod at gmail.com. I think something that we might do, if if people actually start to, like, get involved and start like adding points to our discussions. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should do a thing like every episode we do like a small segment at the very beginning, kind of like a continuing, continuing the conversation Mm -hmm. involving people's comments. We'll have to be careful that we don't blow that out into its own whole episode because we totally will. But yeah, Yeah, that's a a good idea. If we want to make it, uh, there we go. You get a part two of an episode. Sure, Look at that. You get an unexpected sequel. Yep. Just like Sicario. Bring it full circle back to what I've been up to. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway yeah, so, yeah uh, i'd expect to hear actually there's matt perlberg in particular i expect to hear some pretty intelligent ideas from him okay so. he'd been called out you've been called out matt <laughs> <laughs> fucking say something smart yeah or you're gonna embarrass me yep actually no if you don't say something smart then you won't embarrass me so I'm making you say something smart to embarrass me to outsmart me there we go okay that's we a got challenge it. we figured it out yes um, anyway, you should subscribe to our Facebook and follow our Twitter and like our Gmail and listen to our, nah, dang it. Yeah, guess, you fucked yeah. up. Okay. Listen to our Twitter and, uh, email our SoundCloud and do the iTunes thing. <laughs> I always say that. <laughs> we still don't really know what the iTunes thing is. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a subscribe. Yep. I think leaving a review is supposed to be good on iTunes, too. Go leave us a review. Yeah. Not an honest one, preferably, because we know we're not very good. We don't we don't need you to rub it in for us. Yeah, but, like, uh, yeah, no, conversations can happen over email. I'll goddamn read your emails. I have my e- I have the Justice Losers Pod email on my email, like, app thing, mm-hmm. so that, and I get notifications when people send things to it. I have... Literally, the inbox says no email. That includes all the welcome to Gmail emails. Yep. It has been so long since I've received an email that says no email. Yep. It's very sad. Email Preston. Email us. Email us. I'll read it too. Just us losers. We'll talk about it. Just us losers pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. No, we did five. <laughs> no, I don't think, I think most of those. But I die. Uh, I don't know. I think it was Badai Dai. Okay, so I get. You get two. I get two. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>